back in action for the Cone Zone with special guest Jimmy Fries. I'm your host, Sam Cohn, and we have so much to talk about and cover, including Jimmy's podcast covering Temple Sports, but I won't spoil it. We'll leave it for the other side. Marty, you got this one. All right, this is, uh, this is an oldie, but, uh, well, it's an oldie where I come from. All right, guys, uh, listen, this is the Blues Riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Jimmy Freese, last week on the Cone Zone, I went on record and said that Eileen Wickline might be the busiest person I know, but I have to say, Jimmy, you're definitely a close second. You got a lot on your plate, but thank you for coming into the Cone Zone. I'm more than happy to have you. How you doing, bud? Terrific, my man. Terrific. I actually, I was working on Owl Sports Update graphics right uh, in between coming here and uh, not feeling great, dude. Listen to Dono by Mac Miller, uh, the Spotify session of him. And that was the one of the last recordings he had before he passed away. And that's got a really special spot in my heart. So I'm feeling terrific, bro. Thank you so much for having me. And I see what you're doing with this. I love the little intro action. That, that, <laughs> that gets me hype. And uh, I'm very excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. And it's absolutely worth my time. You got it. And, Jimmy, you have no idea where we're going with this. I didn't give you any. Generally, when I have a guest on, I give them all my notes and where I want to take it and the questions. But you didn't want any of it. Right before we started recording, you said, I don't want it, let's just go. Yeah, man. You I want to jump right into it. I mean, I've always loved improv. You'll, you'll probably get into uh, my theater days and all that stuff, but um, I since that, I since doing that, we used to play improv games, and I've just always learned to be on the spot, and I'm better on the spot than planned. So, uh, yeah. So we'll go, out, we'll go a little off the cuff today. So, Absolutely, Jimmy Freese, you are the host of Let's Talk You. Yeah, yeah. By the numbers, that's the most successful podcast we've seen out of the WHIP podcast. But just one sticker, though. What's up with that? Just one. You couldn't get month <laughs> two. The, uh, the sticker incentive. Jimmy took month one. That sticker bring fell off my two. water bottle, man. Well, you're going to have to get back into the game. Uh, it's 12, 12 episodes. Made a, made an Instagram, made a Twitter. It was very tiring, though. Because producing Al Sports Update and directing at WHIP, producing WHIP games, just a lot, man. It was yeah, just we'll, a lot. we'll we'll get into all that. But so, can you tell us a little bit about Let's Talk You? A little bit about where the show started, where the inspiration for the show came from, behind the name, the concept. Oh, absolutely, dude. So, I came to Mike Carey with a radio show idea of just having people on and just coming on and talking about them because I was tired of hearing about myself. I was I wanted to be a reporter at the time. That was before I wanted to be a producer. So I just wanted to know more about just normal people. I was taking John DiCarlo's class, John DiCarlo, the head of WHIP, thank God for him. And um, he, he just told us to not treat people like sources. So uh, I, I took that and ran with it tried to make a show out of it and Mike Carey said hey man why don't you just start a podcast and I don't know if this is true or not but he told me that this is that 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 show is the reason the podcast is uh, podcast department is was created yeah you're absolutely right so the origin of the podcast department which is not something uh, that's come up on the cone zone yet is and we met uh, to get your show started but I originally had come into WHIP to say, I want to start my own podcast. And it was a very similar idea to where Let's Talk You went, um, where you went with it, which is a human interest show along the lines of uh, a big podcast through NPR called StoryCorps. And it's the idea that everyone has a story. And the 
feeling behind that was I came to college and you meet so many people and you learn their name, their major, and where they're from. But that's it. And everybody has a story. So how can we find a way to tell that story? When I, when I ended up getting the podcast director position, I put that dream aside and they told me in the interview, if this is something you want to keep for yourself, by all means, if it's something you want to pass on to someone else, that's fine too. It's totally up to you. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put this on the back burner. I'm going to take care of the department first. And then within that's two respect. weeks, within two weeks, you came to me and said, I have this idea. <laughs> I have an idea for a podcast and I'm listening to your idea. I'm reading through your submission. I'm like, this sounds vaguely familiar, but you took it in a yeah. slightly broader spectrum than I would have. But I think that yeah. that's what made it so successful. And that's what worked so well for you because I wanted it to be temple students, temple based. And you took a bit wider of a perspective in, you know what? Enough about me. Let's talk to you, Jimmy. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely. It. It, wider perspective is right. I mean, the first episode was my roommate, one of my roommates, uh, who doesn't really stay at the house. One of my roommates are listening to this; they'll laugh about it. He he actually met a girl one night, and then he never came back. <laughs> <laughs> but also, his room had a little leakage too, so I don't blame him. Jules, shout out to Mellow Drift. Uh, but he he played in the first episode, and I, I I thought it was cool. Just put people on, use the platform that we have. Everybody has access to social media. Why not use that to I uh, put put a spotlight on other people, so that was the first episode. And then my second episode was my aunt, and uh, she she had a husband who struggled with ALS for seven years. And if you know anything about ALS, is that it usually takes it takes you out in eighteen to twenty four months, and seven years was just insane. So I wanted to hear the story behind it. I got it. And it was incredible. So the, the things that I've learned during that show, Max Merkin, Vince Call, just so many fun memories from that show. It's on a hiatus now, but it'll definitely be back soon. Uh, and that's one thing that I really admired about your show and the success of your show is you were able to use social media to not only as a co-requisite to telling the story, but put a face to the name. So how do you feel that social media played into the success of your podcast and the success of Let's Talk You? It, it played into the success of it because it gave people – a face to the voice which is key in today's day i think you know it's matt fine's word at al sports update you know if if i'm hearing something i want to see it and i think the, as cool as podcasts are i think joe rogan is like the king of that like adding a simulcast <laughs> yep, yep. like doing what we're doing right now videotaping like i think that's so key also and um you know it wasn't too easy with the with the small you know, we were, yeah, we were, we're the, the department was in the closet for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, uh, Chris we were was, in a, Chris was doing something. You're okay. Edit we were, that out. Edit that out. We were in a small studio. Yeah. Uh, and then coming in second semester, I put my foot down and said, you know what? With this department's really done a lot of great work. Yeah. We're getting a lot of submissions. I'd love to have a bit bigger of a studio, especially when we have more than two or three hosts on one show at a time. So we, we got the, some space. We're in a nice new studio. Yeah. The, the thing about social media though, that, that played a huge part in, overwhelming me uh that definitely because i had to keep up on that instagram twitter instagram stories a lot and then you see what like other like jake zebley shout out to that kid his podcast uh caffeinated creators the way he runs his instagram is so cool because it's it's it cures my ocd mind because it's got every it's perfect dude it's got the logo and everything and it's got the logo in each post and a, a little picture of the person in each post it's, it's great dude um but I just couldn't keep up with that. So um, social media definitely is key when you're trying to promote something from the bottom. And let's talk you. The logo was created by Jake Sebley, the creator of Caffeinated Creators, the podcast. 
Um, and it was it has its cup uh, with tea, a little tea bag, because I love tea. <laughs> it, my sister's a huge inspiration in my life, and she loves tea. So I, uh, I had to make a tea. So what did it mean for you to be able to share those stories, to bring in those guests and really let them tell their story? It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. My third episode was Oscar, and he was my other roommate, and he raps. So I had him freestyle, and I played some of his music. Just to put these people on was amazing. And then I started going toward, you know, more of the established people at Temple, you know, Max Merkin types, Vince Call, and they just came on and told stories of the, of how they got. The Vince Call episode was one of my favorite. He had he, some great he the was, Meek Mill stories. He the, was uh, so funny, man. <laughs> he was so funny. Jimmy, from uh, you had an amazing uh, season one. A lot of great interviews. Absolutely. Thank you. What Thank can you. we expect from uh, a future season two? What's season in the works? two will definitely include more, more of a broad region. Uh, less, you know, I had a lot of media studies and production. A lot of film people, a lot of sports people. I want more people like my aunt. I want more. And what I, I, I reached out to a lot of people. Like I want people like my dad's old boss, mm-hmm. Rick Coster. This guy is funny as anything. He, he Just an absolute role model. And they don't even know what a podcast is. And it kind of <laughs> freaks them out. So that's the tough part about like trying to get these people on. But like some old teachers that have really gotten me to, gotten me to where I am. Um, I think I'm probably going to turn it into, um, who got like just spotlighting who got me to where I am. Like my mom, my sister, just, just really make it about me. Cause let's talk you. Enough is, about everyone else. Let's talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> let, no, no, it, it, it is everybody else, but I want to, you know, I want to add something special to the show. And the, um, I do have to say Mike Gullick, they just started a podcast and it's the podcast family. And I think that's pretty cool. And people just listen to their stories. So, I don't know. Just come up with uh, different stuff. And even random people, I'm, I'm down for. Find somebody on the side of the street and say, Absolutely. hey, man, I got a great podcast. Let's talk to you. We'll bring you on. Because everybody's got a story. 100%. That's the underrated thing is when you meet people, everybody's got a story. You Big don't time. always learn it. So, to turn this on you a little bit, Jimmy. Sure. At what point did you know that this was the business you wanted to be in? MSP, journalism, whether that's sports or not. At what point were you like, this is where I want to be down the line? Oh, dude. So it originally started with performing. I grew up watching my sister uh, be in dance recitals. And I used to love some of it and I used to hate some of it because some of it would be during baseball season and I would be like, oh, come on. (laughs) And then it moved on to musical theater. I was in five shows, Anything Goes, Legally Blonde, uh, Little Mermaid, Annie, and Wizard of Oz. All, yeah. That was and, impressive. You got yeah, all five. That was you. quick. Hope, yeah, and um, learned so many things through that. So many, like, I, I could talk to anybody in, in any type of room in a group of amount of whatever stadium um, of people and just say whatever I need to say from those days. And then uh, during those days growing up, I was a huge NASCAR fan. My dad got me into NASCAR and football, and I would literally turn off the sound and just broadcast it. And my parents would go with it, sometimes think I'm crazy, sometimes (laughs) hope that maybe this was right for me. And uh, I just went with it and and boogity 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 boys let's go racing and, <laughs> that was know, your trademark trademark dude and i would have the race cars around the table um and then 
and then middle school, I got I, I just didn't do much. High school, I played. You know, at middle school, I did sports a lot. Nothing uh, media wise. And then high school, man, I'm playing football. This last last game against Lenape. Shout out to Sean to my South Jersey people who are listening. Uh, they'll remember, not me to play, but they'll remember Lenape. Uh, this kid, Jack Sanborn, my buddy. You know, the one rule in football is that you don't tackle with your head down. That's how you get hurt. Yeah. I'm wrapped, wrapped up on the quarterback, ready for this sack. Oh, I'm going to feel so good. And this kid comes in, spears me right in the head oh. with his head, concussed. And that was the end. That was the end. So Doc said, no contact sports. I'm not good at golf. Got to get good at golf for business, but it's okay. And so uh, my TV, my there was a class TV. Oh, I'm sorry, but Mr. Pistone. Mr. Pistone taught it. Brian Pistone, one of the best teachers I ever had. Um, it was a TV workshop type class where you made packages on the school teams. So I definitely remember making a package on Joe Kessler and the Shawnee basketball team. And just like Al Sports Update. So he said, hey, man, why don't you join LDTV? And I said, okay, sure, where you could play-by-play broadcast because that's what my dream was at the time. And joined that did that for two years absolutely loved it i was probably one of the most those those were the funnest memories of high school like definitely partying and like the, <laughs> like the girlfriends and stuff Can't like that like that. they were cool and i learned a lot from them and i appreciate them and i don't hate either of them to this day i hope they're listening i don't hate either of you i promise <laughs> <laughs> but uh ld ldtv just dana sparrow she's a temple alum she started it she's the executive producer and i i got a play-by-play broadcast feel and it was the tv it's it's real stuff you're getting replays you're getting live scores it's it's all that stuff and um that's that's what led me to temple see that's definitely one of the things that fascinates me most about people in this business people we've worked with is that people in the people that work in media know they want to be in media from a very young age Mm -hmm. it's the kind of personality trait that you don't just pick up along the way or skill there are so many skills that you learn through classes or through experience but that just innate ability to talk to people to learn and you're so inquisitive and just want more out of everything and then finding a passion in whether that's you know sports art culture the news whatever people find that path along the way but it's that idea of like i want to go into the media and i want to cover this and talk about this with people that's the moment where it's like, this is where I want to go. It's from a very young age, a lot of people, that's how they find out. So you talked about football, baseball, NASCAR. What were some, those were some of the sports that caught your attention early on. What, what were the sports you found yourself playing beyond NASCAR wanting to cover? Uh, I never wanted to really cover NASCAR. I was just, I was a little collector of the fan, of the cars, but I always wanted to be a baseball broadcaster. Still listen, I have a subscription to MLB, two ninety nine a month once the season kicks in, of listening to every access to every broadcast, play by play, just on the radio, um, to any game, to for any team. I could listen, even listen to Spanish if I'm hanging out <laughs> with my Spanish boys. So John Sterling, you know, um, Harry Callis was just one of my biggest role models along with Merrill Reese. So, uh, yeah. Jimmy, do you know what a wonderkind is? I don't. A wonderkind is someone that's very successful for their age. I want to publicly classify on the cone zone as you, Jimmy Freese, is a wonderkind. Someone that's had a lot of success in just a short amount of time. You're only a sophomore here at Temple University. I hope that doesn't count financially. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
But one phrase you use a lot and you push a lot is the idea of being a Swiss army knife. Yes, sir. How do you feel? Well, first explain to me what you think a Swiss army knife is. Uh, I just, I, I just remember the term because I always remember my dad having a Swiss army knife on the table. He always used to take his stuff out of his pockets and put it right on the table. And when he came home from work, he was a salesman, but he just always used to carry a Swiss army knife. And I just remember he just always used to have so many different things. I'd be like, dad, I need to cut my nails. Swiss Army knife. Dad, I need to cut this package. Swiss Army knife. Dad, I need to, you know, whatever. I need to order pizza. Swiss Army knife. Like what? <laughs> and um, and it's it, it's a perfect. I'm a huge metaphor person. Um, I'm very spiritual. Um, I wouldn't call myself religious, but I'm very spiritual. I see a lot of meaning in things, and I think a Swiss Army knife is just a perfect example of doing so many things, but just being part of one holistic uh, uh, being. So what's your secret sauce to the to the success and to getting involved in so many different areas and finding yourself being a Swiss Army knife, learning as much as you can? Secret sauce, man. Secret sauce is the love for my mom. My mom is my secret sauce. And why is that? Uh, she, well, I mean, we all love our moms. but We all love our moms, but my mom is my anchor uh, through everything, through... I've had a lot of dark days, uh, a lot of a lot of different things have happened to me that many people our age have not had to deal with and uh my mom has always been there for me. Not that my dad hasn't, but my mom is my secret sauce, yes sir. And that's one great thing to see is people that stay driven because you find your why. You find what pushes you to do more. And one thing for me is like the thing that always pushes me to say yes to everything is something my brother told me a couple years ago, and that's the quote that some of the greatest things in life come from about 30 seconds of courage. And that's something I hold with me a lot because whenever I want to try new things or get new experiences or learn more, it's like all I got to do is put myself out there for 30 seconds and something will come of it. Whether that's talking to someone new or trying something new or wherever, you learn so much about yourself and you learn, you, you, you show so much growth in just a short period of time that's, and it just puts yourself out there. That's not to cut you off. That, that's a perfect quote, man. That symbolizes me because you fortunately don't have to deal with that because I'll be your producer at Al Sports Update. But <laughs> Jimmy's always got my back. <laughs> but when I came to Al Sports Update, man, it was it was you volunteer to do something or you are not doing anything at all. And it might feel that way now, but it really isn't. We we guide you and we we force you to do stuff. But mm-hmm. when I got to Al Sports Update and it was just a year ago. Um, a year and a half, I guess. Um, it was Ayanna Clark and Whitney. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so, I always called her Whitney Houston. But, uh, what was her last name, Sean? John. Whitney Johnson. Thank you, my man, Sean. Whitney Johnson. Uh, Ayanna Clark and Whitney Johnson just portrayed the idea that you have to work your way up. And that's what I'm trying to do as a producer at Al Sports Update, but I'm also trying to help out the guys who I do know, who I know can do great work. But I, yeah, man, I I had to grab every opportunity. I was out there filming, or I was out there reporting women's basketball when when it wasn't that great, um, when Alea Butts wasn't playing. I was out there doing volleyball, filming, filming tennis. It was just you got to do what you got to do, and you got to grab it. And who do you think have been the people in the sports world, either 
on the field or you know up in the booth that have really that you've looked up to that have uh, brought you to where you are now? Up in the booth, definitely Merrill Reese, definitely Harry Callis. But I got to be honest with you, man. I'm I'm not just a sports guy. To be honest with you, I really love entertainment, and I might find myself, to be honest with you, in two years in more of an entertainment-type role, directing, something like that. Um, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, and I always have been. And they came out with a documentary, Jim and Andy. You've probably seen it. It's on Netflix, one of the best documentaries. And it made me realize two things. One, documentaries are the best things ever. And two, um, Jim Carrey says it in his in it in the documentary is that he realized one night all you need to be is people's freedom of concern and that stuck with me forever that stuck with me since last uh, may and that is all i strive to do so every email that you get they were joking about it every email with love and laughter jimmy freeze that's on mitch hedberg's grave uh mitch hedberg was a comedian who died way too early but I just I see a lot of meaning in like nostalgic stuff and mm-hmm. just uh, small stuff like that, and I think it takes it goes a long way. And do you see yourself as more of a, a I say a movie guy, a radio guy, a TV guy? Do you have no idea? I really don't care, man. I I, I could be doing voiceovers. I could I ideally like to be directing. Um, TV and movies would be cool, but I, I love the live TV rush. That live TV rush is definitely amazing. But then again, the post-production feel is great, too. I mean, that's the beauty of it is, like, who cares? That, that's really let's, just, let's just get into the business and do what we can because right. it's what we love to do. So let's let's shift gears a little bit to sure. covering Temple Athletics, something that you've done for the past two years, something yeah. that I've done for the past almost eight months now. How would you describe your roles as sports director at WHIP? You're a co-producer at Owl Sports Update. And you're on both the football and the basketball broadcast teams. If I'm missing anything that I don't know about, you're going to have to share. No, you got it all. Um, it's, that's by the way, that's what I was alluding to when I said you got a lot on your plate. You're a busy man. Yeah, here. no, no, it's it, it's that's that's definitely fine. Um, it's a lot, dude. But I learned that it's all interconnected. So I go to a game. Uh, you know, I went to the Tulsa Temple game on Saturday, and. I saw that I was able as a producer now I, and, and an on-site pretty much more director. Max Max Merck can always call me an on-site producer, but I'm more of an on-site director, I think. But it's all right. But um, I, I'm able to just digest that. And I, I realized that I didn't want to play by play when you when WHIP was looking for a broad a basketball broadcast team because I was on the pregame and halftime show for the football uh, broadcast team. And I realized that nobody was running the computer. Uh, the computer run is, is pretty much the hardware and the software of the broadcast, is the broadcast. So th- the people that were running it were the reporters. So I said, somebody's got to take the load off. So I said, why not me? So I did that. And then came the Al Sports Update producing. That was an absolute uh, – I'm, I'm so gifted with that role. Uh, Matt Fine really – basically said to me, do you want to be an anchor or do you want to be a producer? And I said, I, he said that we have a long list of people who want to be anchors and not a long list of producers. And I said, somebody's got to do it. Let it be me. Let's go. And I knew not a big fan of seeing myself on the screen and not a big fan of that worrying about that 90-second hit. 
I love just worrying about that overall well-being of everybody because I pray every night. So used to pray just for myself. I can just pray for the whole squad. It's it's great, man. Um, and then director of WHIP. That that, that was a wild one, man. Because the department, you know, we're not going to hide from it. it. It it was a little bit in trouble, but um, Chris Kofsky, I got to credit a lot of a lot of my work to him. Him and I do a. I think we do a pretty fantastic job. We strive for communication and just positivity, because I, I think a lot a lot of people didn't want to do stuff under the direction before um, us. So we're just trying to trying to go with go with the flow. But it's a lot of stuff, man. But I definitely I love it. it I love being busy because my mom will tell you my sauce, my secret sauce. <laughs> she'll tell you that if I'm not busy. I'm going crazy. And it definitely comes back to that idea of like, you have to trust the person on t- above you. You have to trust that they get, they're there to help you, but you also have to have the initiative uh, and the passion to say, this is what I want to do. I'm going to put myself out there and do it. Yeah. And the, the connectivity of Al Sports Update and WHIP is really cool too. It's something a lot of people told me not to do because I get too busy, but it's something I've really enjoyed doing, even as busy as it's made me, because I'm able to give people positions from different spots that I've seen them at, like yourself. And it's just, it's very self-fulfilling um, to to just set people up with where they want to be. Ignoring the fact that one is audio and one is visual, what do you think is the biggest difference between working at Owl Sports Update and working here at WHIP and radio in terms of prep, content, the vibe you get, the discussion we're having? Um, I would definitely say Owl Sports Update is more confined with by Matt Fine and more confined with w- what you have to do and more structured because it's live it's live TV it's through TUTV it's and shout out to my boy George Cummings he's you know as great as he is but they're very strict on what goes on TUTV and it's got to be structured. I love WHIP because of the free flowingness of it. Um, but sometimes people do take advantage of that. I've learned that as the sports director. That's that's been a tough part learning that. But as long as people just just follow the rules and just that that's what me and Chris and that's what me and Aaron as Al Sports Update producers try to say. Just as long as you just be straight up with us, we'll be good. Just, and that's, that's all. That's all that matters. This is something you kind of just alluded to. But what do you think's been the most challenging part in the, in those roles as a producer through Al Sports, as a you know director and here at WHIP, and then working in those broadcast teams? It's. I I, I really I could say as as busy as I, I could say I'm as busy as I want, but I really I really don't care about me at that point. The toughest part has really been trying not to make big people buy in but it's really tough when people get used to leadership and it changes very quickly and I think it's really key that I'm doing these roles in college because the semester 17 weeks aren't that uh, it's not that long you know you get a job it's going to be a sufficient amount of time these people are going to learn how to adapt to changing leaders and I have to adapt to buying teams over and that's that's definitely challenging you know you got to make people want to do stuff you you're not every person that you get is going to be hungry and that's that's the tough part you know the hungry ones will succeed but you got to at least try to make the not as appetized ones at least go for it man now this is a question i've actually kind of had in the back of my mind for some time now but i haven't had the chance to ask you 
how do you make time for class? How do you get, how do you it's get things tough. done? <laughs> it's tough, dude. I, you take I, like four credits at a time, but no, work no, on all this. It, no, I I should <laughs> I should. Um, spring is usually my less less credit that less credit semester, but I should finish this semester with uh, halfway sixty two credits, so solid halfway through. Um, I, I get it done by staying up late. You know, I I get my sleep. I do, but um, I just I keep a schedule, dude. Schedules are everything. I write notepads. I have I'll show you this fifteen different notebooks. Yeah. Though we've I mean, all seen. No, them. no, no. Just this one special one. Hold on, hold on. All right. So, so you, you first got to start it off with the fact that it's got it's got an autograph of Charlie Manuel and Jimmy Rollins there, and then you got pictures of my mom, grandparents, dad, and grandfather and grandmother for inspiration. My resume and stuff and all that stuff back there. Um, but. Every day I just keep, or I do a weekly to-do, and then I do a new page for my, I do takeaways take from the week, and then I do a weekly to-do. It's, uh, it's just, that's my way of staying, staying organized. I've never, typing, I look like a monkey trying to type, <laughs> and it's just, just writing makes it sick in my head, and I carry two pens at all times, so. I love notes. It's a whole about organization. All so how, organization. Ma how many different sports have you covered here at Temple in your in the last two years? There's 19. Um, probably, uh, probably at least 17 of those. And do you have a favorite? Um, now that I don't have to go out and do it, <laughs> <laughs> crew. Crew is absolutely sick, man. Why is that? Because you can go on the boat. They let you on the boat. They let you on a boat. Man. They let you in the back while yeah, they're rowing, yeah. and they let you take a video. And they no, not <laughs> on the boat. On the boat, you go on a boat on like next to them. Oh, okay. okay. You follow them, or they just let you do a boat. Let you go on a boat for a stand up. I've been there for a couple different occasions, and dude, just just saying it where God is insane because. I think it's so funny that they have to stay on the boat after they win. Like they can't just like jump in the water and celebrate and anything. They just mm -hmm. All right, guys. Yeah. Just, just roll over the parents. It's like 10 minutes later. It's like, yeah, we could yeah. still celebrate, but yeah. like we already won. But, I mean, you know, you can't can't take away from football. Being in the broadcast booth, that's like maybe two or three. Uh, excuse me. Booths away from Merrill Reese's is unbeatable. That That is unbeatable. Temple football is really fun to cover. But, you know, crew is has a little space in my heart. I got I got to find me a beat with the crew team now. It, that it's, sounds – just being on the no, water to don't, cover it? don't, don't, no? because they practice at 6 a.m. Oh, it, forget no, about no. it. Forget it. But 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 remember when I'm asking you to volunteer to – Be on the crew team that that's no, the place well, to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to cover them. You're, you're going to cover them. Um, so how, can, how do you think people can get more involved and kind of get their feet in the door in Temple Athletics and covering Temple Athletics for someone that's totally brand new at it? What's Contact the, what's the me. first step? Contact me. You're the guy. I mean, t covering Temple Athletics, radio, and TV, contact me, 609-217-7654. I'll give you my number. The millions of listeners, give all you, of your phone number my, now. Give you my email, jameswfreeze at gmail.com. That is literally, uh, Sam, I, I, I'm not going to use a curse word. Thank you. Um, but I shiz Alston you not. <laughs> uh, God put me on this earth to be the bridge and to get people from point A to point B. That's some powerful stuff. I like it. Um, so before I let you go, Jimmy, I can't 
leave you after doing a long episode of what felt like a Let's Talk You episode without hitting some fire rapid, uh, some rapid fire sports questions. Sure, man. Who's your NBA MVP? This year? Oh, man. Give me a... Uh, uh, JoJo. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm biased. I'm biased. Uh, dude, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I don't... I don't catch up with the 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 sports as much man i'll yeah. be honest with you with professional sports like i am all temple sports so give me some temple sports questions. all right i'll skip my next question all right go ahead does temple basketball get a bid on yes. selection sunday yes and now sports update will be in that room with a camera covering it i can't promise it but <laughs> I, s- I have it in my dreams that we are there uh, yes yes they will make it fingers crossed all right one more okay Temple football plays Georgia Tech at Lincoln Financial Field against former Temple Owls head coach Jeff Collins. Who walks out with a win, Georgia Tech or the Temple Owls? Temple, because they, they're unbeatable at home, man. Unbeatable, and Jeff Collins is going to come in with his weirdo swag stuff. You got to check his Twitter out, man. His, he's already on this these all these new hashtags he's a huge branding guy oh huge branding which which is cool like in this day and age i guess but you gotta chill bro and um not nah, temple temple's gonna they're gonna rock like two or three uniforms the whole year <laughs> like not change it up that much swag coordinators fired take them with you to georgia tech uh temple wins that but uh, I can promise you a terrific football broadcast team from WHIP. That's awesome. Sure, yeah. Jimmy, thank you so much for coming no on another episode of The Cone Zone. Thank we'll have so to have you on me. again at some point. Appreciate you having me, dude. I, I listened to it. I love the intro. I love how you produce. I love your drive as a freshman. I mean, somebody's got to have a little podcast on you. Um, it's a shame we have a little meeting to get to right now. But, dude, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been fun opening a little can of worms. My pleasure, man. Appreciate it, brother. Can I do my little sign-off that I used to do for Let's Talk You? Let's hit it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, good night and God bless.